Welcome to machine learning. Um, so, talking about stocks, okay, you can take the opening price of a stock and divide it in as the start point and divide it into itself and multiply by 100. And so it'll take um, the first stock price at the beginning of the year and multiply it, uh, divide it into every stock price uh, sequentially and then multiply it by 100. And then you can see the relative percentage growth. So uh, you can see whether the stock is increasing or decreasing in growth. You can do the same thing with percent change. But the it is significant in the sense that uh, um, you get the uh, you get the uh, growth pattern. And uh, uh, I was analyzing uh, one of the stocks, uh, NIO, NIO, and uh, and comparing it to other stocks, and it was really amazing the growth on that stock for the year. And so. Um, compared that to the S&P 500, to Microsoft, VMware, Netflix, and these are all stocks that look are really good. They uh, are solid companies, but well-performing, but they're not highly disruptive stocks. And uh, so uh, you, you wanna be careful about buying a trendy stock, uh, you know, because you cannot know the future. That's number one. And so trying to time the market and, and speculate on which way the price will move will uh, result in, in losses. And there's always a smarter AI out there to uh, take, your, take your money. But uh, that being said, uh, you can still buy stocks that are on a growth pattern and just buy it at the first of the year and sell it at the end. And then, uh, you know, you have a, a year's pattern uh, to uh, earn money. And so uh, that, that you have to know the fundamentals of the company, the management, and, uh, and make sure that uh, there's earnings that justify the growth. And, uh, you know, if, if I were to look at back on history when I bought Amazon and eBay and Microsoft, um, I would have said that uh, Amazon was a huge winner for me. And once the technology where I, I bought uh, in the technology, I bought Sun. I made some money off Sun, and then I lost a ton of money when they lost all their contracts to the government. And uh, new disruptive technologies in uh, Linux, Redbox, uh, and some, some of the... Uh, companies that bought into open source uh, operating systems uh, highly disrupted the proprietary uh, sun sun systems and so uh, you know you, you when you when you look at stocks it's it's uh, one of those things where it's very tricky to figure out uh, which way the price will go and even if you think you have moving averages figured out and you have uh, sentiment of the of the uh, buyer and seller market uh, you still may be wrong and it could it could go as simple as that pensions decide to redistribute 
uh, the portfolios and move out of technology. And it might not even have anything to do with the company itself. It just could be a rebalancing of a large uh, pension fund. So these are things that can impact you that are not uh, uh, necessarily foreseeable. And so you cannot know the future uh, when it comes to just uh, mathematics and prediction. Now, what uh, AI attempts to do is project into the future and guess into the future uh, based on a probability. And so even though we, we can't know the future uh, because there's so many conditions and variables and unknowns, uh, we can predict in the future given a historical pattern in the past. And if that historical pattern is not disrupted, then that, that prediction uh, could be probable or high, the confidence is higher on it. And so uh, uh, things like uh, the height of a flame, you know, there's a certain fuel consumption rate as the wood is being burned and the oxygen uh, is uh, uh, being consumed by the flame. And, and so a combination of fuel and uh, oxygen and flame height uh, could be somewhat predictable. Well, and, and then the uh, AI learns how the flame or the fire is consuming the wood and so maybe the flame uh, uh, burns hotter and higher as the as uh, uh, the longer you you burn the, the the wood and then as you get down towards the ash maybe the flame decreases in height and then extinguishes so those are some of the things that uh, uh, you know maybe AI would be good at. Uh, another one we've talked about is predicting where things, uh, flooding zones, where based on uh, rate of precipitation, it could calculate and predict and maybe runoff and uh, rates of flow. All that could be fed into the neural net and then it could make predictions uh, in simulation on what might happen in uh, an a year where there's a lot of snowpack. So, uh, uh, comparing the values is also important. So you can concatenate uh, based on date. You can use data as the index and you can concatenate your data and then you can compare them side by side to see uh, relative growth. And so, uh, the comparative is also helpful because um, maybe you're looking at a stock and you're thinking, "Oh, this is a this is a great performing stock." Uh, you know, it's Microsoft. I love it. And then you compare it to VMware, and and uh, VMware's growth for the year was significantly greater than Microsoft stock. So you're like, "Oh, I love VMware." And so you can like uh, uh, then you could like say, "Well, what if I don't even uh, want to think about stocks?" I just want to, uh, you know, I just want to invest my money somewhere and have it grow. Well, then you could take uh, the S&P 500 and and uh, and uh, do a comparison on the index and see how it performed. And if it does well, then you're like, well, I'd just rather just put my money into a, 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 a S&P 500 and let it grow. And, uh, and as long as it's outperforming. 
the list of stocks that I'm comparing against, then that's a safe way to go. So I did that in Python. I compared all those stocks together and uh, was surprised to see uh, one stock just stand out significantly more than the others. And, and so one of those things where, you know, you look at like, uh, for example, if you were looking at Tesla and its, its phenomenal growth, would you, uh, um, would you be able to find the factors that were driving it? You know, maybe there's a lot of hype. Uh, one of the big concerns was, uh, I read a book where he said that when even the shoeshine boy was asking about which stock he should buy, he knew that it was time to sell because uh, it had become so speculative. It wasn't based on uh, earnings per share. And I always go back to earnings per share because that's the indication that the company uh, is net positive, is that they're earning the uh, money. And uh, But also, I do take into account for the fact that some innovation is how uh, America becomes became great. Innovation drives wealth. Wealth is uh, uh, reflected in the jobs that the company can create uh, to help support the co- the growth of the company. So those are those are some of the things that uh, are kind of exciting when you know a new technology comes out uh, that seems to impact uh, people. Well, in, I, I was looking at uh, a technology for CCD and and uh, and the, those are the and AI and how CCD is is becoming so critical with COVID to measure uh, to measure thermal scans and uh, also um, object recognition for the robots and facial recognition for security and all kinds of monitoring. We don't have like the number of cameras that you know London has, but at the same time we have smart devices and people are taking pictures and video and uh, eventually the AI is going to start analyzing all this information and building an idea of what's going on spatially around it. And maybe it's it, it's going to dream. Uh, when I say dream, it's abstracting. So when you look at GAN networks, adversarial networks, GAN, net, uh, and they and they learn from other networks. So um, is it possible that uh, the AI, given enough neurons, say like you put a you know 100 trillion neurons in uh, a artificial uh, net, and it's uh, running with a very advanced spike. Uh, hardware, is it possible that it could uh, begin to uh, absorb all this video and uh, begin to abstract what it thinks the world is doing based on all the video? So then you'd have to distinguish, well, which which is the fictional video created by CGI and what is the video that real people were are, have been submitting to, to YouTube, and then so it's accessing all that that data and uh, and beginning to uh, create an understanding of the world around it. Now, if a human being tried to do that, they would just be, you know, like probably in a state of catatonic, you know, because you would be watching all of this 
content and information and it would take just hours and hours and hours and hours and you couldn't even get it you couldn't even touch a portion of the human experience but uh, but if you're talking about a machine it could be uh, accelerated the frames and uh, it could be classifying it could be get, you know drawing different features and it can be segmentized and you know I it's gonna be interesting because is, is the future going to be a series of millions of small uh, neural nets that are, are, are trained on certain uh, content domain and then uh, apply generally to answer questions? Um, that, that would be interesting to see if that's what the future entails. Um, or if it's just going to be one large super neural net with lots of layers. Uh, so an example of the bird species, you know, there, there was, uh, looked at some content yesterday, didn't actually build the neural net, but uh, I looked at the content. And so you have an X and Y, the X are the features and the Y is the target. Target was the particular species. I think there was a, a hundred and something different types of bird species. And then they had a large uh, feature pool of just uh, either the, the feature was true or false. So they created a large input feature pool. And from that, then uh, they could uh, detect what type of uh, species the bird was. And, and it's the neural net, uh, I guess it was a TensorFlow net, it was indicating that there was a 90% uh, predictability based on the features that they had. So I was like, well, that's pretty interesting. Um, so, you know, what some some of the things I was thinking is, could uh, elevation determine the uh, type of species? So, for example, if you were in the mountain regions and you were a certain height, would there be a certain type of bird in that region? Uh, you could also have a, a certain latitude longitude and there might be higher concentrations of one species versus another and then there could be a uh, new species that are introduced into an area that didn't exist before um, uh, so uh, would would uh, you be time sensitive in terms of the network uh, where if it trained uh, on data at one time and uh, and then there was a, a change in the bird's migration paths. And when you talk to an orthologist, orthologist um, they, the person that studies birds, they, they seem to know what the time of the year the birds are going to migrate in and where they're coming from. And so there's a, there's a general idea of where birds um, uh, go during the winter, where, when they come into the summer. One was kind of interesting is uh, the burrowing owl. It, uh, the male goes a certain direction, the female goes a certain direction, and uh, around winter time, and then the male comes back and prepares the nest, and then the female arrives, and then they have uh, the, their babies, and, uh, and then, you know, uh, the male will go out and hunt for food and bring it back to the female. So there's those are things that are important uh, in that aspect of the owl world. And so that, that behavior, that timing, 
um, the behavior is uh, time specific and so uh, those are some uh, interesting features to um, the animal kingdom and behavior in in the animal kingdom with burrowing owls. All right, well, at work, and until tomorrow, uh, signing out.